Good morning. Welcome to another edition of Breakfast with Boz Detours being served by Wahoo. I am your host, Ian Boswell, coming to you from my home once again in northern Vermont. Breakfast this morning was a duck egg omelet. Pretty simple. Duck eggs, a little bit of bacon, cheese, parsley. We are out of bread, so I threw it on a corn cake. Not quite the same delish as some of my wife's homemade bread, but nonetheless, it was still tasty. And in today's episode, there are two very special guests. We've covered a wide range of topics in Breakfast with Boz thus far. We've talked to gravel riders, we've talked to road riders, but this episode is dedicated to the spring classics, otherwise known as Holy Week. So in this week's episode, we're going to be speaking with two classics riders who have a very good pedigree in the races of Northern Europe. First, we're going to be hearing from Fabian Conchalara. Fabian is a retired professional cyclist. I'm sure many of you know Fabian. Fabian is a four-time world champion time trial rider. He's also a gold medalist, three times winner of both Tour of Flanders and Paris-Roubaix. He won Milan-San Remo, and he's a seven-time stage winner in the Tour de France. Before speaking to Fabian, I went back on YouTube and watched some of Fabian's bigger results. And surprisingly, of all Fabian's wins, I think the victory that stands out the most for me was the stages he won in the Tour de France while in the yellow jersey, attacking off the front with a kilometer to go and holding off the field, which is something unbelievably incredible to me. You know, the speeds of a lead out train in the final kilometer of the Tour de France, you know, they're touching 60 plus K an hour and Fabian attacks by himself. He's not even in the drops and holding off the sprinter teams and the sprinters, but he is, he is a, he's a rider that's going to go down in the history of, of cycling. And he, you know, is a great guy. He was an awesome person to speak to. He was incredibly friendly, shared his experience from what he's up to in Switzerland at the moment. And to bring our podcast to a more current and relevant rider, I also had the chance to speak to Oliver Nyson. Oliver is a rider on AG2R. I've spent many races with Oliver riding the front. He is a classic specialist, but he's also an incredibly gifted climber, and he's a very important teammate for Roman Bardet when it comes to the Tour de France. There have been many stages when Oliver has put me in the hurt box on climbs, an all-around good guy, and he's a rider that has been knocking on the door of a big classics win. He just participated in a virtual Tour of Flanders where he finished second. There are some power files online and both he and Greg Van Avermaet, who won the race, put out some incredible power in uh, what was a virtual Tour of Flanders this year. And hopefully we get a Tour of Flanders later in the year. And if not, we'll have to wait for 2021, in which I would put my money on Oliver to be up there on the podium, if not take a win. He's a rider from Belgium. And obviously the Belgian classics are, I mean, they're the Super Bowl for these Belgian riders. So I wanted to speak to Oliver and see what it's like for him currently to not have the classics this year and a period in the season that he really focuses on. And his whole season is mentally focused around performing at the classics. He was second at Milan San Remo before. He's been third at Ghent Wevelgum. And like I said, he was just second at the virtual Tour of Flanders. So first, let's hear from classics legend, retired professional Fabian Cancellara. Hi, Fabian. How are you? Yeah. A bit tired, but I think. Uh, but without without being on the bike, can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it's uh, it's a strange time. Well, I won't take too much of your time then. No, easy, easy, no worries. Sorry for a bit late, but with the homeschooling and then with you know finding this crazy structure with with everything, what was really urgent to do, and then 
you have uh, from Friday on, we have two weeks proper holidays from from the school side. Okay. So we, we have like, you have three weeks of homeschooling, then you have two weeks of real uh, holidays. So for the kids, it was hard to say them, hey, um, it's not just holidays. So, and to keep the pace, the rhythm, the structure and so on was, um, and then you have a seven-year daughter and the 13. So it's quite different age. And then, you know, uh, yeah, just regular, normal life challenge like everyone has. I mean, my life is not different than others. Yeah, it's uh, it's true. Everyone's everyone's in this same situation together, pretty much all over all over the world. It's not just in in one area. It's it's everywhere now. Yeah, and luckily in Switzerland, we still, I mean, we still can go out. So we are still allowed to go out for for. I mean, of course, all the hand wash and social distance. Then home office, but you can still go out for a walk. You can still go for a bike ride. You can go to the supermarket and to the pharmacy, and that's it. Wow. The rest is really, I mean, shut down. I mean, so schools schools are closed. You said for a couple of weeks. Yeah, then? yeah, school, yeah, school, and and um, shops, and I mean, bakeries are open, but you cannot go for a coffee. So it's. They really keep it on so the social distance on two meters to people. If you go to the supermarket inside, you have to say kind of um, a number, and then they only allow certain people into into the, the the supermarket. I mean, it's even in the city. I was I was just quick this 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 morning. I mean, before lunch, I went through the city with the car because I had to pick up something. And I tell you, it was just like less people than on a Sunday where people. Once in a while, have a walk because it's really like that. It's like this Western old, you know, this Western movies where yeah. uh, where they have the dead cities. It was kind of similar. Wow. Well, it's yeah, it's similar here in the U.S. at the moment, but it's uh, yeah, it's a very strange time for all of us. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, and what I miss most is actually watching sport in TV. This is this is what I most yeah just miss when it comes to TV because they. Sh- they try to slow down Netflix in Switzerland because a lot of home office, so a lot of data coming and, and people going to go on Netflix and so on. And now I haven't saw yet any Netflix, any a lot of series TV in January because it was just busy in other ways. And, and But I mean, yeah, but still missing the sport, the emotional part and whatever which sport it is. But of course, missing the real races is another thing, but in general, just missing the sport. I mean, and, and this is also a beauty to see how much the sport has given to me in general, or also for people just being home depressed because people depressed at home, if you give them the sport, I tell you, I mean, they they going to have certain life changes if they can take it really on. Yeah, it's true. I mean, you think that, you know, for, for most people right now, it's, you know, cycling fans, it's the middle of big classics weeks coming up with normally Flanders would be this weekend and San Remo was... A couple of weeks back and it's um yeah i mean other than people can't be distracted by sports anymore if they turn on the tv all they see is is news and oftentimes you know really heartbreaking stories from around the world yeah actually it's that's the thing it's it's more sadness than the positives and so that's why i think also uh, yeah it's only bad, i mean bad news are also good news somehow but i think positive you know like this 
like we do it when I mean you remember you women are riders as well so when we had difficult times or, or if you've been tired and, and been already whatever which difficult we went through the races and then suddenly hey we have to stick together we have our plan we want to hate and, and this is just missing it's just yeah we shut down we locked down no one can go work it's like everyone's like oh no wow so it's this is a bit sad but on the other hand i mean it's so big so it's also probably difficult to put in these positive words but i think um it's it's our own to to really work on our people around from family friends and, and motivate them and help them and and look to each other yeah so personally have you been have you still been doing some some training you've been spending more time with your your two kids and spending more time at home or you still been still been staying busy with different projects and training no, and all that? i mean i'm I'm constantly busy um, just with projects and so on. But right now, I mean, of course, um, there is more, yeah, just now more office time. And so, of course, also now, I mean, I help. What I'm doing a lot is I'm, I'm helping my seven-year daughter for homeschooling. Yeah. So it's three hours in the morning and, and then in the afternoon. Depends a bit. I have two, three hours of, of, of off time with her. And so I can go a bit back on the desk. Uh, to make some just office stuff and and then I try to go out with her because she needs she needs air she needs also the, the nature and myself as well so I always enjoying as well also with her for small rides we was lucky now we had yeah decent good weather so we could go easily out for a small ride I mean also I didn't try to to make big things out because when you go out people are on certain ways doesn't understand this that you still go out and have a ride because people say, hey, please um, stay also home because we need uh, emergency beds in the hospitals and so on. But I mean, when I follow the news in Switzerland, in my region, I mean, they no one said you cannot do it. So I yeah. think somehow I need also to load my energy, but still on the end, I've been also doing indoor training. And, I mean, yeah, just I'm following the rules like a bit everyone is doing on the different countries. There are differences of rules. So Switzerland has uh, has his rule. Italy, Spain, France, Germany, the Amer uh, you in the states. I mean, um, yeah, everyone. Denmark even. I mean, everyone has his own lockdown, shutdown, and we need to go best through it because it's. I mean, it's definitely not not. A, yeah, it's not an easy situation, but. On the end, we have to make the best out of it and to see the positive of it and, and, and looking forward. Yeah, well, I mean, as you said, you know, exercise is still important for so many people and also just for, for mental health. Has that been something that you found to be enjoyable as whether it's riding outside with your daughter or you said, you know, you have a, a kicker at home now from Wahoo. Have you been trying to ride inside as much as you can? Yeah, I think um, what I what I definitely did. I mean, I was super happy. I got one of the last few kickers uh, from Wahoo at home, and I mean, I definitely have installed it. I definitely been already riding indoor, and and because of having in the afternoon the good weather, and I was out with my daughter, I just took it evening or early morning once i mean the early morning was just now twice as time now i've been doing it because i'm not just the early bird so sometimes just an hour or lunch or even at the evenings because if you have everything installed and it looks somehow like a bit of not just at at the backside you have a trainer or like 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 a yeah like a home trainer 
uh, now have the fully set up and, and so it looks also and it yeah it also motivates you a bit more than just like old school style you've been doing these warm-ups before the TT trainings you have done so you can go you can go yeah you can do social rides with friends you can go social rides with all over the world with people on Swift I think I, I mean I'm enjoying definitely more the time also indoor than, than just when I was a when I was a rider. I mean, as a pro rider, you mostly have done your you, your short amount of one or one and a half hour, and then you've been wasted because you lost the motivation of it. And indoor training is just so harder than if you ride outside. That's on plus what comes. Yeah, well, I mean, also you think that when your career first started, when you even when you were a junior, you think the old school trainers, if you had rollers or something, you. You know, you try to do an interval and the tires slipping and now you can actually do a real workout. And like you said, with with the climb and it feels more like the real world than, you know, it's probably half the time inside you could do a more structured workout because you're not coasting, you're not taking time at stoplights. It's it's really productive training. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I can go back uh, not just in 20 years. I mean, I can go back to the juniors time where I remember we had, we had, we had a small trainer. I mean, but I mean, you just wrote, you've been riding on it and that's it. But, but now time has passed and the digital has came in and, and on the end you can ride for one hour and you can make exactly what it's been requested and and today on the training exercise side, I have I have noted that that's actually a lot of riders are sometimes doing the efforts and the special exercises indoor, and then they go out or they just go out before just cruising, and then they do the exercises indoor to get really the the right amount of what they need to push. And I mean, I have seen triathletes. I have seen just yeah, riders in generally uh, doing it indoor and and instead of outside because outside, of course, you have the wind, you have the road surfaces differently, you have certain climbs they're not steady. If you want to do a power training on a climb, I mean, indoor you can just put eight percent, and then it's constant eight percent and not eight, five, six, seven, and then pedaling and wind and this. So you have actually indoor. Uh, the certain specific training what was for sure missing on my old time when I have been been riding, but I think it's it's for sure it's it has coming in as a benefit for sure for the riders. Yeah, I mean, you think also I know a lot of time trialists now. I know Rohan Dennis and Alex Dowsett and Campanerts. You know, they do a lot of their specific time trial work inside because, like you said, you know, in a in a world championship time trial, which you won four times, you know, you have an open road for, you know, an hour plus effort and not many places in the world. You can do a one hour time trial bike effort in training on a closed road and it's going to be safe and there's no interruptions with traffic or lights or anything like that. Yes, definitely. I think, um, you're definitely right. It's just what is different. It's just for one hour, full gas out. It's, I don't know, somehow, I don't talk against now now my 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 indoor trainings or my enjoying time I have indoor because now I'm definitely enjoying it indoor. I have I have fun. I have uh, I have good time on it, and it's a pleasure. Yeah. And as a rider, you just have to kind. You need to blind that out because somehow you settle up. I mean, you have you set up goals. 
So you work for it and you sacrifice for it because nothing comes easy. And I was my, I was lucky on my in my region. I I have a twenty four kilometer circuit where I mean there is some traffic, but not crazy, nothing big. But I still can ride this twenty four kilometers. And of course, if it goes and, and it's quite flat, and on on yeah, on the first part has a bit yeah small bumps, but really small. And of course, if it goes a bit down, you have and might be. A little bit less you have to push or it, it it helps you to recover a bit but indoor there is no time to recover because if you don't push you lose straight away so it's constantly pushing inside with with what i have seen and what i have noticed so and that's why i think the specific training for indoor especially for time trials are for sure right now with this what you have it's it's it might be helps you more, but I think also it can destroy you. Yeah, yeah, you have because to be careful. Because you lose a lot of salt, and if you do a lot of threshold, this can can also dis- destroy you. Yeah. Speaking of outdoor riding, I mean, obviously, I said it was supposed to be classic season right now. You're missing watching it on TV. If you could go back and come out of retirement, you're this is your fourth season being retired. What race would you like to go back and do most? If you could go back to any classics race. Mm. <laughs> I mean, I, I, no, I, I mean, to, to be again on the, on the start line of, of Tour of Flanders or, or even on Paris-Roubaix uh, or even being in Milan on, on Milano Sanremo start line. I mean, whatever, which race it's, it's been always on, on the special races, it's been always special and it's always a beauty if you can go somehow back, but I stopped in 16, I closed my chapters and honestly, I have never thought back on, on it to like, ah, wow, mm, this, this moment of thinking, ah, then I miss, I mean, of course I miss certain small details or sm- small small moments of it. But I mean, this is just the beauty of, of taking out that I could enjoy all those years. And, and, and of course now, I mean, I've been still watching bike races and, and, and I, I honestly, I'm going to miss Flanders. I mean, for sure I'm going to miss because I've been sharing with this race so many up and downs. And, and I mean, you come to, to, to the parking place in, in Bruges and then you go proud from your bus and you go to the star place and, and you, you come into kind of an arena. And, and I mean, now Flanders is not anymore in Bruges because they changed the start, but I can still have this emotional feeling of how beauty it was when I was at those races. Yeah, I think that's the same for me. I don't miss being a pro road rider, but I miss those those little moments when you have, you know, a little excitement or the, you know, the team meeting before on the bus and you're getting, you know, getting ready for it, but obviously those races in particular were were crazy and especially for a rider like yourself, there was a lot of pressure, a lot of stress, a lot of expectation. I'm sure it's sometimes it's nice to be able to sit down on a Sunday and watch those on TV and not not be stressed about the race. Yeah, I think yeah. That's of course. I've been I've been racing for win winning races. I mean, I didn't said okay, let's let's prepare, let's do. I mean, I've been sacrificing. I've been yeah, I've been missing family time, so, social friends time. I mean, all Sundays being being away. I mean, not just Sundays. I mean, just regular days away from home. I mean, over months of preparations, and and of course, my wife also said just recently, yeah, uh, damn, I was a beauty of time, 
But then I said, yeah, but I know, but still don't forget how difficult times we also went through and, and how much days I was away from home. I mean, you, you go to Strada Bianca and then you, you go directly to Reno Adriatico with Milano Sanremo. You are two weeks away, then, then you go two, three days home, not even, and then you go to, to Belgium for, for, for the first few races and then few days home and then 10 days, two weeks in Belgium again for Flanders, Roubaix and all those races. I mean, and now it's just once in a while. I mean, um, you are a few days away when there's certain events or certain projects going on. I mean, since I retired, my most days out of home been actually this year when I was the first time in Tour Down Under for, for legend dinner, for a guest, for, 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 for being down. Uh, it was 10 days. I've been, it's the longest time I've been out. And, and so I said, damn, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah. Well, so it sounds like, is there anything you don't miss from, from being a pro rider? It sounds like it would be the travel and the time away. But what about specifically the classics, like the stress around the races or the, you know, the danger in the uh, peloton? I mean, no, I think the stress. I mean, I, I, I said always I, I've been racing for winning. I had always high expectation to myself. I've been always dedicating everything towards those races, towards my goals. I've been demanding a lot from the team. I requested a lot from, from everyone around me, from from my family, from from the riders, uh, from the staff, from, from the equipment side. And of course, I knew it. If I put my bar high, pressure comes by myself already because I wanted it, I want this. Then the pressure comes, of course. You've been a team leader from the team side, the sponsors. I mean, you... They pay you for for winning races, or for they expect that you win races. Then the press, and then you have your concurrences. You have your your enemies, kind of enemies. I mean, in in you have the other riders from the other teams, and they want to win too. So of course, when it comes to these races, I I think I was not I was not um, I was always respecting everyone. But of course, I've been I want to win bike races, so I had to make the best out of all this. These, these races and and somehow uh, you race against the others if you don't attack <laughs> yeah they're gonna attack you so it's better you hurt yourself first than they make you hurt from them so that's also i don't say that's a tactic of doing it but of course by the years i went the by the last years they've been coming uh, winning was always getting more difficult because if I was good or even I wasn't so good, I've been always kind of a favorite. And that's most hard to deal. Then it comes to mental strength, what you also need to, to have and to have certain experiences. Yeah. Well, do you, um, obviously you're still, you still like riding your bike. What keeps you motivated now to keep riding and stay healthy? And obviously you're not racing, you know, Flanders and Roubaix, San Remo, but you're still, you're still competitive and you're still I would assume still pretty darn fit. What is the reason to continue to feel to feel fit and feel healthy and continue to ride your bike? Yeah, I mean, what what I love is I can still ride, and I mean, I still I still love to ride. I still have definitely the the passion for it to ride my bike, but not for six hours. I mean, um, for me, riding. I mean, continuing my passion. I mean, I started with passion cycling has started for me with the passion it has become later on a hobby and from the hobby it became my my, my profession my work and so it's a beauty but and and now it's not just i have to put all the bikes in the garage and i don't ride anymore i'm 
I don't hate the bike. No, I mean, I'm, I'm still in so many projects and, and even with my partners, if it's BMC, if it's Gore, if it's DT Swiss, if it's, I mean, I have still many involvements and this kids project, I have my own racing series, Chasing Cancellara, where I want to bring to people different ways of riding events. And yeah, it's one, two hours. If it's three hours, I mean, I try to ride constantly if it's possible. And, and then you don't need crazy of hours. But I think I'm definitely enjoying every, every even it's 40 minutes, even it's half an hour. Sometimes my body is just requesting this, just this tiny bit of doing just something that you can regulate your, your metabolism. I mean, what I said just also the other week, hey, go on the bike. I feel you're nervous. I feel you a bit, uh, yeah, you... You, yeah, just it's better you go for for just out. And then I tell you, I, I went for this one half hour. I came back home. I was just fresh, loaded, brand new, ready for new things. Yeah, I'm the this same. This is what I still have. This is what I still need. And this is what, I don't say it motivates me, but this is what the body's requesting. I don't know you or I don't know the others, but my body still needs certain movements. Yeah. Certain, just, I don't say exercising, just just certain movements from the body and that's why half an hour on the ruler or even 20 minutes just spinning the legs just maybe getting one sweaty drop out of your body and then boom the body feels just regulated yeah i'm the same there's times when my wife she'll tell me she says ian you need to go for a bike ride <laughs> you just need to go yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think we are all somehow like i said we are all in the same boat but i don't know riders if they they retiring and they don't touch the bikes for years. This I don't understand. Maybe okay, maybe they go for running for others. But I think still the bicycle, the two wheel, is the most healthiest uh, sport and and not the the craziest uh, sport for what people can start or do. Because I mean, I don't have any bone problems. Yeah, yeah. No, it's incredibly healthy and it's you know relatively safe to be riding and also it's. You know, you get to see so much in such a short amount of time compared to, to running or doing something else. You get to see a, a large amount of, you know, kilometers out on the road in a one-hour yeah, ride. Even now with, with the corona situation or, or what just we have on Globe, people are, are so willing, even training indoors, people are willing to ride and, and cycling. And I don't talk against professional world, but cycling, just the two-wheel has a huge power on so many different levels that everyone and especially the industry and the professionals and and even people that just going to start riding the bike or riding an e-bike or families, whatever. I mean, I, I'm, I feel so proud to see so many people becoming in or coming into the cycling world or even now when, when people ask me, hey, what I should do in the winter? I say, you know what? Go indoor. And then, yeah, they're going to buy... Yeah, they're going to buy an indoor trainer and, and, and you see now on the social media what for different indoors there are existing and on the end what you have for experiences and, and, and even now how much digital came in. And I mean, I got now from the whole Wahoo program, so I need to, to work also back on, okay, it's not the old school power system I've been training with it. It's just so much modern things in with with. Yeah, with just more digital futures and, and I mean, it's cool. It's also supporting your health and I mean, health is priority number one in life. Yeah, definitely. And if we can all, I think, 
for most important for all of us right now is to stay healthy, but also, again, mentally to stay healthy. And for a lot of us, that means to continue to, to exercise and keep our bodies moving. Because if we just stay inside all day for weeks on end, then it we can, you know, and not moving, then it can be a difficult time as well. Yeah, definitely. I have seen that. I, I see it by myself too many days indoor, just indoor um, in the house. It's it's. I don't say I feel bad. It's just... I mean, I'm a person, I'm an active person. I have all kinds of power left. And so it's also helping because I can even now, when I see it in daily, in my daily, my, my daily routine I have or my schedules I had before, all this, this, this what happened with Corona. Um, I, can, I can't sit from morning eight to five in the office. Honestly, it's not possible. Yeah, my body is, or or I'm traveling, or I'm driving, or I have a meeting to go. But inside office, office, then of course, if I have a fully day in the office, I I skip lunch and I go for a one half hour ride. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like you said, it's part of part of our DNA as as athletes to just need that that small bit of exercise every day. And what is also good is like this sport school. I mean, for me, sport cycling has been for me a life school and, and also in the office or whatever it comes. I mean, I'm, I'm an interest person. I'm, I'm a detail. I said, I, I don't say detail freak, but I've been as a rider, been looking for the perfection on the equipment side of, on, on the structure, on the teams, on the mentally, or on the on the tactics, on on the way to win, on my own itself, and even now in yeah, my daily routine, uh, and also there to not give up, to 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 stick on it, to have focus, to not think on too many things because that can also put you in, in another direction that you're going to lose the focus from what you want to really achieve. So, I think life school of implemented what what sport has given me i think this is just that's just the beauty yeah well you're you're speaking about how much you have going on and how you're you know still very involved in the sport of cycling what do you have coming up for the rest of the 2020 season i know maybe some things have changed because of the situation we're all in right now but what do you have planned for the rest of the year right now we have one cancellation of one of our chasing events of our opening belgium chasing cancellar in flanders where we had to change it or we had to postpone it now to, to October 2024 20, and we have found the day and and the rest so far on, on the events where where it's regarding the Chase Kanchlar series. We have in end of June we will have one, but we still don't know if this is going to happen or not because right now there's an event where people will start by themselves. So it's not you've, you have thousands of people start together so it's an individually or on a couple thing where you're going to start it's, it's another experience of it but most of the events and and most of it they are coming more on second half of the season or of the year it's more august september october now but of course what have changed is different sales meeting with with my partners i mean postponed uh, bmc sales uh, core abos i mean i mean so many events were also dealers or whatever which events have been coming been just cancelled i've been involved in the eurosport project as well where we had to go to where where soon there will be some some episodes coming we had to postpone it we have to we have so many delays and then all the delays it's now for everyone it's the same we have just to wait and if it's if it's june i mean we have to the swiss 
where where we don't know yet what really will come. Where I have also some involvement with some partners over there from from the race that are sponsoring it. But on the end, just staying home and wait. No, we are proactive. Uh, we we supporting Swiss Racing Academy from our side. a small small cycling team here. No, I mean I'm still busy. Um, it's not boring for me. Still a lot of learnings. I mean, yeah. We have also in, in in my company we also supporting Mark Hirschi, uh, a young a young athlete that is in Team Sunweb. So there is still over. You can talk, you can you can you can Skype, you can do so many things still. But what of course has coming out from the government that you not have to make now thousands of meetings. So it's just a lot of calls and and yeah video video conferences and yeah and go through this, this situation as, as myself, as with my family, of course, also from the company side, I have, I have three employees on my side that are, are taking care on and supporting me and supporting the events, supporting the partners that we are doing in a team. I mean, the team is here to, to support each other and, and we want to support our partners and the partners we have on are not just, okay, it's a sponsor deal, it's nice, no, it's a giving and taking and it has to be on both sides it has uh, yeah it, it has to fit and that that we are aligned what it, what both partners are want to do yeah well it's a very uh, rapidly changing situation and i think we all hope that it gets back to normal as soon as possible and we can get back to watching our favorite races on the weekends and yeah it's uh, we'll keep our eye on everything but thank you for taking the time to chat today yeah no worry no worry i mean it's it's it might be more easier now than if with all the normal things that happen in my agenda to, to find some time. So that's why I think it's, of course, is a negative influence for the globe. But on the other hand, it has also the positive that we are going to be with less, not less speed. So we, sh- we, we go a bit with less speed now and the less speed, I feel quite okay. And it gives you more time to think. It gives you some more time to have with your kids, with your family, with friends. And you talk and interact differently. You don't going to meet up just like before you always could do. And so that's why also on, on everyone, on, on all the business, on all the families, on every individually, uh, this can be also a really, really important case to, to come in and to, to, to go into a new chapter to, towards the future to, to see that we have to take even more taking care of what, what we are doing and what we have in our life. Yeah, to appreciate everything we have because, yeah, in a moment like this, we really take a step back and realize how fortunate we are to have this you know, global world and have access to so many incredible things. Yeah, it's not just the nature. It's not just the nature. It's it's a virus that has come in and has shut down the world. Yeah. So it's another way to think, hey, we have to take care. Yeah. Well, Fabian, again, thank you so much. I hope you and your family yeah. stay healthy and switch thank stay you healthy. Too. Yeah, appreciate it. And uh, if stay you have any, too. yeah, I'll I'll look for you uh, on some virtual world riding your Zwift and uh, riding yeah, your course. kicker. And uh, yeah, all the uh, best. As long as I don't destroy my Wahoo kicker, then all is good. <laughs> Too much power. <laughs> I think no one has destroyed yet the digital or the electronic kicker indoor trainer, I guess. No, and no crashing inside as well. Yeah, that's for sure. What <laughs> is also a really, really big, big help and what is needed now. Yeah, great. Well, I know it's getting late there in Switzerland. So thanks for the time, Fabian. No worry. Thank you too. And all, right. all the best and stay safe. All right. Thank you. 
After I ended my phone call with Fabian, he actually wound up calling me back. We spoke for another 10 or 15 minutes just about life and retirement and spoke about a few events and trips he was planning on making to the U.S. And we're going to stay in touch and see if we can try and get together at a later point this year and ride. Who knows, maybe we can try and do a virtual ride together. And as a reminder, the Sufferfest livestream workouts are happening every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. And those are cycling workouts on Monday and Friday led by Neil Henderson. Those can be found on Wahoo's Facebook or YouTube page. And Wednesday is a stretching core strength workout led by Susie Snyder, also at the Sufferfest. Those are free workouts. Check them out. They don't tend to be any longer than 60 to 90 minutes. So it's a great way to socialize. There have been several athletes that have been joining Neil on the bike. Rohan Dennis joined last week and there are a few other athletes lined up for the future. So check those out. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out the Sufferfest all-in training plan. It's a free four-week training plan offered by the Sufferfest. It's a great way to stay inside, great way to get a workout, and it involves much more than just riding your bike. It also incorporates some yoga, some meditation, some stretching, stuff that we can all do during this time to help pass the time. I've been doing it. Fabian is getting signed up for it. And yeah, check out Wahoo's Facebook and YouTube page for the live events with Neil Henderson and Susie Snyder, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. Our next guest is the 2017 Belgian national champion, Oliver Nassen. Oliver's a classic specialist. He's a Belgian rider riding for the French team, AG2R Le Mondial. Oliver is currently in Belgium at the moment. He is Belgian-born, Belgian-bred. He loves the Belgian classics. He was definitely going to be a man for the podium in this year's Tour of Flanders and Roubaix. He's had some phenomenal results there. I have never raced the classics of Northern Europe, thankfully. In 2018, I did do the Tour de France, in which we raced over, I think it was 16 sectors of cobblestones of Paris-Roubaix. I loved doing it. I really despised riding the cobbles in 16 segments of Pave was plenty for me. I did get a little taste of it, and I do think that Riding the cobbles in the Tour de France is very different than riding the cobbles of the classics. You know, during the Tour de France, you have a lot of skinny, light climbers who aren't really well versed in riding the cobbles. I did do a recon of the cobbles before the Tour in 2018 with Ilner Zakarin, and I. Uh, it was actually the day after Liège Bastogne Liège. I was pretty cooked. We drove over to Flanders and stayed the night, drove down to France, rode some of the the Pave sectors, and I threw a, a temper tantrum, actually. I, at one point on the cobbles, I was just so sore and tired. I just got off my bike and just stood there and said, what are we doing? This is, this is miserable. It was much easier in the race, in the Tour de France. Just entering the cobbles with speed made a huge difference. But I remember that stage as being pure mayhem. It was, there were riders in the ditch. There were riders all over the place. I think it would, was the most sectors of cobbles that the Tour de France had ever incorporated. I finished the stage. I was happy to finish. We had a rest day the next day, but it was an experience. So it's interesting to speak to a rider like Oliver, who on a good day is definitely a climber who has pushed me to my limits, but he's also a rider that can leave me in the dust when it comes to the cobblestone. So here's a conversation with Oliver Nassen. Hey, Oliver, how's it going? Fine, fine, and you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Just um, hanging out here in Vermont. Uh-huh, home sweet home. Yes. How are things in Belgium? Pretty all right, actually. It feels like a normal November for us, except there's no there's no one to talk to in the evenings, but uh, uh, you know how it is. Huh? 
Yeah, yeah, and we're at home uh, most of the time, anyways. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. How uh, how's the weather been there? Super nice. It's twenty de- twenty degrees right now. Wow, it's uh, doesn't seem like uh, the middle of Classics Week. It doesn't sound like Belgium, does it? <laughs> no, not for uh, mid-April. <laughs> well, I wanted to talk to you. I'm running a, a podcast episode talking about the classics, and I spoke with Conchilaro, which is obviously a writer of the past, but you are a writer of, of the present and of the future, and obviously there are no classics this year, but you're... Uh, there you know, might be. That, that's year. true. <laughs> well, if the weather's 20, 20 degrees in Belgium right now, maybe it's maybe it could be worse weather if they're later in the year. Yeah, most likely, if it's in September or later, the weather will for sure be worse than today. That's, that's a given. Yeah. Well, I saw that you took place in the virtual Tour of Flanders over the weekend. How was that? Yes, I did. Remember how it is to do your, your like first effort test on the home trainer like or on a cyclist too when you haven't trained all that much yet? Yeah. The, the taste of blood in your mouth like right away it felt pretty much like that, but then uh, in a competition. Wow. Yeah, I saw some um, power numbers from that. It looks like you, you guys at the front were going really hard. For sure, we went all out. Yeah, I could see I that. My, I got like my best heart rates of all time from a, a minute to an hour oh, wow <laughs> and it wasn't even an hour so wow well i guess yeah when you're inside and it, the temperatures are a bit warmer and depending if you have a fan on you or not it definitely can jack your heart rate up yeah being fresh from not racing also also helps yeah that's true well i saw recently you did an article i think with velo news and you said that you know you live for for holy week which is the week of you know flanders to roubaix this week yeah uh, and uh, obviously, it's not happening. How does it? How does it feel to, you know, be in such good shape but not be racing the classics this week? It's a bit surreal. Huh? Like I was in Paris when uh, when organizations started canceling all classics. Actually, and uh, in the beginning, I was like, "Why? Well, it's pretty shit." But you know, there's worse things going on in the world right now. But it's, it feels pretty bad right now, honestly. <laughs> I know we're not in a position to to complain, obviously, because. Uh, I mean, I'm healthy. We still get we still get our salary. I mean, we're not racing or anything, but still, it feels pretty bad. Yeah, well, and especially yourself, being being a Belgian rider, growing up in Belgium. I mean, these this week is one of the biggest sporting weeks of the year in Belgium, and obviously, you know, you have the biggest one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is this is what you live for. This is as a child what you grew up, you know, dreaming of, and obviously now, kind of in the prime of your career. You know, you're a contender mm-hmm. for these races. You know, you've been second in San Remo and third in Gantt-Wevelgum in E3. You know, this potentially could have been a year that, you know, you're on the podium or you win Flanders or Roubaix. And obviously you're you're missing that now. How does, you know, what's your like mental state kind of knowing that it's a year potentially, you know, if they don't get rescheduled later in the year, you know, missing a full classic season in the spring? It's bad, but it's something I cannot control. So I think it would be wasted energy to to come at a standstill and cry all the time. So I try not to think about it too much. But uh, what we do in Belgium is uh, Sportza, which is the broadcaster of all races. They allow us to, to vote for older editions of classics and then they show them on the race day. And when I'm watching those, then it really, it really sucks. You know, you see yourself up there and, uh, you know, like as in Neopro last year, you know, they, they show all sorts of old races. So it's really weird. It's painful, but... That keeps me going is the fact that that I know that Flanders Classics is going to try to organize as many as many classics in the end of the season. Yeah, have you been? Uh, if they would say, if they would say uh, not doing anything, oh, 
then I'd, I'd be half halfway depressed, I think. But uh, right now, I'm still pretty motivated. Life still life still good. So yeah, it's pretty all right, honestly. Yeah, and then I mean, obviously, if the classics get moved to to later in the year, in a way, it's almost I don't want to say easier because mentally you'll be be tired, but you know you have all the summer months. Easier. Yeah, you have all the summer months to train. You're not training in in Belgium in you know March and April. No, no, no. It is easier, honestly. You know how it is uh, after after Tour de France, how the the level of the peloton goes down a bit. It might not be the same this year, but still, we're not used to having to be at a peak shape in September, October. Which probably this year we're gonna have to try to try to do. Um, I know I, I I notice every year that the level of racing drops a bit near the end of the season, so it's it for sure will be a bit easier. Yeah, I mean that's you look if at you can stay motivated and in shape and stuff. Yeah, I mean if you've ever raced in the races in in China at the end of the year, it seems like oftentimes by October half the peloton is ready for off season or doesn't want to be there. But that might be different yeah, this yeah. year. Something new for everybody, but I think still, I mean, by October, everybody's gonna gonna be tired again. So yeah, well, so since I the, suppose it's gonna be more or less the same as other years. Yeah, with bigger races then. Yeah, that's true. Well, and since the classics have been moved back, has it changed your training at all? Have you you know backed off on volume or intensity, or is your training more or less stayed the same? There's a bit less volume. There's less intensity for sure, and. There's not like this normal classic fire that uh, that burns inside of me or my training buddies. We go riding. Now it's just we just ride. If you if today you want to do four hours, you do four hours. If you don't want to do anything, you don't do anything. It's it feels like like November honestly. If whatever you do is good as long as you keep practicing some some sports and uh, don't get too fat. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's uh... where, I, where I'm at right now <laughs> in my head. Yeah, main thing is just to keep moving and kind of just get the get the miles in. But have you been out to any of the the cobbled climbs of Flanders for training, or have you been riding different roads? Yeah, yeah. I did like on the day of E3. I did E3 on the day of Waregem. I did Waregem well, a, a, a small bit. So uh, these roads, these cobbled roads, they're really really close to me. So I train on them all the time. Actually, like yesterday I went on Muur van Gerardsbergen. Wow. That's something I, I do all the time. Yeah, I remember when I was a under twenty three rider. The national team had a house in Isahem, and we went and rode the. Oh yeah. Yeah, I went and did like the, the Copenberg and all those cobbled climbs. And the first couple times I rode them, I really loved riding them. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, I feel like Tom Boonen. And after the first couple times, I was like, yeah, I don't want to ride these anymore. They're too hard. Copenberg, <laughs> I only do like three, four times a year, but the less hard one, I do all the time. Yeah, well, there's some time you know, flies by on them. Yeah, that's true. You add a couple climbs, and what's my? Um, is it the Klusberg? Is that the paved climb? Yeah, yeah, pretty steep in the end. Yeah, that's About a six hundred meters. Yeah, that's a nice climb. I did a a Kermes there when I was in Newlingen, and uh, yeah, had a good result there. Oof. Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know me. I uh, prefer to go uphill than I do flat cobbles. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How have you been now? How is uh, your head and stuff? Yeah, it's doing well. You know, I uh, obviously didn't race after Terreno last year. So, you know, I decided mm-hmm. with, with the injuries and other circumstances to to stop road racing and going to pers- pursue some gravel racing this year, but with, with gravel as well, like yeah, road. I saw, I saw that. Yeah, all the, um, all the events have been postponed and, and delayed for later in the year. So I've been just spending time at home and riding a little bit, but not as much as I was um, a couple of weeks back, I guess, into February. I was over in Nice staying with Larry. 
and did a lot of riding over there. Oh yeah, fuck, he trains a lot. Huh? Yeah, he does. Well, he was up at up at altitude and then came back to the U.S. But oh, he's a good guy. He's uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he lives for it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, if there was one classic that happened this year, which classic would you like to win the most? Is it Flanders or Roubaix? That would be Flanders, Daniel. Be Just the- because the atmosphere compared to anything, first of all. Second of all, is it's really on my training roads. And uh, it's just it's the one I imagine when I'm when I'm looking for motivation or when I'm training in winter alone. It's, it's the one where I see myself racing. So, yeah. And what about the... You know, Conchalara mentioned that, you know, the course has obviously changed over the years. And if Sporza is now televising some of the older editions, in your perspective, what's the ideal finale to Tour of Flanders? And I never did the old one, the old final. And I think the old one was easier. This, I think this one's pretty nice. It's, it's super hard. It's way harder than before. And still you get like, uh, what is it, 12K or something to the finish after the last time to keep some, some tension I don't know. I think the way, what they did from the classic is pretty good. I'm pretty happy with the with the parkour they made. Yeah, it makes it a lot more entertaining for spectators with you know some of the so. VIP zones and yeah. everything. Yeah, and in the end, it's the VIPs who pay who pay for the race. So if you have a, a nice VIP zone where uh, where the race passes three times or two times, it's pretty it's pretty good. Huh? Yeah. Well, cool, Oliver. Well, um, yeah, thanks for taking the time to chat. And I hope that everything continues to, to go well in Belgium and weather stays nice and that we all, all of us cycling fans and athletes get to watch the, the classics later this year. Thank you. I hope for the same. Yeah. And uh, good luck to you too. Huh? And uh, you guys there. Yeah. Thank you, Oliver. Well, there we have it, folks. Another episode of Breakfast with Boz being brought to you by Wahoo. The spring classics may be postponed, but Breakfast with Boz is definitely not. We'll be coming to you next week with a detour off the detours. I'm going to be speaking with two multi-sport athletes, Heather Jackson and Cam Wirth, both Ironman triathletes, both also bike racers. Cam, I used to race with on when he was at Liquid Gas and I was at Team Sky. He's now back at Ineos. He is also still doing Ironman triathlon. And we're going to be speaking with fourth place in the 2019 Ironman Kona World Championships, Heather Jackson. She is also a Frontiers athlete. She is also jumping into gravel this year. So we're going to be hearing from both of them. So please subscribe. Don't miss an episode. Leave me a comment and a review on iTunes. It's very much appreciated, everyone. Stay safe and healthy this week. And I'll catch up with you next week when we catch up with some multi-sport athletes and some fellow Wahooligans. Thanks, folks.